Hey everybody, Pastor Tim McLaughlin here with the Dalton Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, just uh, want to share the word with you again today. Uh, so glad that you continue to join us and hope that uh, you're being blessed. We've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Um, first, we, we kind of went into this from Ephesians chapter 5 standpoint. Uh, the Lord tells us in Ephesians 5, 17, how we need to walk circumspectly, um, not, not as the world walks, not in our flesh, but we need to walk in a way that's pleasing to God. We need to, uh, to, to not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that, that God has got a great plan for us. And in order for us to walk circumspectly, Paul talked about how we need to walk in the fear of the Lord. Now, when we talk about the fear of the Lord. We're not talking about a a, a fear like one might have uh, of something or someone that could harm them, but instead, it's it's the awe that a person has before God. It's the reverence to God and who He is. See, when we practice reverence for God, our lifestyle will reflect godly caution toward the traps of the world. Let me say that again. I want you to get this. See, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, our lifestyle will reflect godly caution toward the traps of the world. God will reveal some things. We understand the awe and the reverence that we have for God. When we respect Him and honor Him, then, then, then God will begin to show us through His Holy Spirit that indwells us to, to help us to avoid the pitfalls and the traps and the schemes of the enemy. It's kind of like, I think of it this way. Um, when I was 12, I went to live with my uncle. When I talk about my dad, that's who I'm talking about is, is my uncle. He's the one that raised me. But when I went to live with him, um, he instilled some, some, there was a, there was a fear that I had that I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah, you know, there were the, there were the spankings that I could get or the, I could get grounded, but it was more than that. It was this, I did not want to disappoint him. Um, up until that point, I, I never really had anybody male wise speak into my life. I had never had anybody that would really take the time and, 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 and cared about me the way that he showed an interest in me and the way that he showed an interest in the things that I did. You know, he would show up to my ball games, uh, my wrestling matches. Uh, my, my dad built hot rods and pro street. Uh, and so I always had the opportunity to drive a lot of nice cars. But if I did something wrong, if my grades weren't where they were supposed to be, if I would be out hanging out with my buddies and I would get in trouble or anything like that, I understood that there was not only the punishment, but there was also the, the, the fact that he would be disappointed in me and I may not get to, to go cruise with him. I may not get to drive those cars or, or he may, you know, there, there may be things that he's just not going to show up to. And so, it's that same thing. We should have even a greater extent of that with God that, that we want God involved in every area of our life. We, we want to be, uh, live a life that is pleasing to God. We want to know that, that the Spirit of God that's in us is well pleased with how we're living and how we're acting and the things that we're saying. And when we don't do those things, when God gets disappointed with us because we're not operating in a fear and a reverence and a respect for who He is, we were, we, we lose lose that blessing. We lose that because he is, he's not pleased with how we're living our lives. The, the psalmist said this, Psalm 34 verses 8 through 10. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Now, I love this, this scripture here in Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one that trusts in him. Verse two or verse nine, rather. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want. There's no want. There's no begging. There's no, we don't have to plead. We don't have, there's no want. There's no lack to those who fear the Lord, who have an awe for the Lord, who desires to live a life pleasing to the Lord. I shared this quote with you from John Bevere. If you desire the praise of man, you will fear man. If you, des- if you fear man, you will serve him, for you will serve what you fear. Let me say that again without stuttering. If you desire the praise of man, you will fear man. If you fear man, you will serve him, for you will serve what you fear. God wants us to serve him. God wants us to be pleasing to him. God wants to bless us. We need to walk in a fear of the Lord. Last week, we looked at the life of Joseph and and how because of the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, and God was with him. Even in times of trial and distress, Joseph had a reverence for the things of God. We saw how Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. He never got bitter, but he remembered how the Lord had showed him favor. When he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and sentenced to prison, He never lost hope. He knew that God would bring him out. And when Pharaoh called upon him to interpret his dreams, Joseph gave all glory to the Lord. And then we see how his brothers finally came to Egypt and Joseph revealed himself to them. And he made this declaration in Genesis 45 verses 5 through 8. He says, but now, Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years of famine has been in the the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me the father of Pharaoh and a lord over all his house and a ruler throughout all the land. Man, if you could read that, and I know I'm reading it to you, so hopefully you'll get your Bible and you'll look at this, Genesis 45, 5 through it. Joseph recants all the things that had taken place and he says, but but look what God does. I think the apostle Paul and, and I'm not trying to add to or take away. I'm just saying, if you read what Joseph said here in Genesis 45, 5 through 8, and you look at what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul says this, All things work together for the good for those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. Joseph is saying the same thing. Listen, don't, don't be upset. Don't be grieved. Don't be angry with yourselves because of what you did. God used all of those things to preserve the nation. God, God, God used all of those things to, 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 to protect his people. Because of Joseph's trust in the fear of the Lord, the Egyptian people 
and the Hebrew people were all spared. The house of Jacob was saved because of how God used Joseph. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. This week, I want to continue in this series on the fear of the Lord, and I want to look at another man who had a little bit different plight than Joseph, but his fear of the Lord allowed him to trust in the Lord in spite of difficult challenges. Now, remember I said this, Joseph trusted in God and walked in a fear of the Lord even during times of trials and distress. But tonight we want to look at Moses, who he had a fear of the Lord. He had a trust in the things of God, even during difficult challenges. Go ahead, if you have your Bibles, and go to Exodus chapter 3. And, and while you're looking for Exodus 3 or while you're listening, let me bring you up to speed on some things. <clears throat> Joseph's family, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were all brought to, to Egypt when Joseph was second in command of Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 1 tells us how that after Joseph had died and, and a new Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph, and because the children of Israel had been blessed and grew in number, this new Pharaoh was afraid, and so he placed them all in slavery. If you'll pause for a minute, and I want you to just think back. Think back in a time in your life when it seemed like everything was great. Think back to a time in your life when your family life was awesome. Your parents got along. Christmas was a great time. Family vacations were a blast. Man, think about the birthday parties and all the things that you did. Just seemed like a time when everything seemed right. Can you think about those times? Can you think about a time in your life, and, and you may have been a small child, you may have been a teenager, I don't know, maybe you were an adult and you were married, and, and man, it just seemed like everything was going right. Then what happened? Maybe your mom and dad got divorced, maybe tragedy happened, maybe one of them died, uh, maybe maybe you and your spouse got divorced or your spouse died, or or, or maybe, you know, just... I don't know, things just took a, a, a wicked turn. It seemed like one day everything was just great, and then all of a sudden, how did I get in this mess? It was if, as if one day uh, everything was great, and then the next day you found yourself in this bondage. Maybe it was a bondage to drugs, a bondage to alcohol, a, a bondage to a boyfriend or girlfriend, a, a bondage to the law because you broke the law and you're now in jail, or, or maybe it was just plain old sin. You were like, one day everything was great, and the next day I'm just buried in this sinful nature, the lies and the destruction of the flesh. And you ask yourself, what happened to those good times that seem so far away? See, we used to have respect for our parents and those that were in authority. Then one day, we just turned away from that respect. One day, we used to go to church and learn about God. And then the next day, we just decided you would rather sleep in on Sunday mornings and go to a football game. One day, we wanted to please God. And then the next day, we wanted God to please us. See, this is what happened to the children of Israel. One day, everything was great. They're living off the fruit of the land. They're worshiping God of creation. The next day, the world was rocked. They wanted God to bless them, but they had not been, they had not blessed God. 
that had become people uh, that were spoiled by the blessings of God and and and, and they had been spoiled by the things that, that their forefathers had done and they were reaping what their forefathers had done. And now the blessing was dependent on them and they, they had no fear or reverence for the things of the Lord. Now I told you to go to Exodus chapter 3, so stay right there. But let me read this to you. In Mark chapter 7, verses 11 through 13. Mark chapter 7, verse 11 through 13 says, But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you have received from me is Corban, that is a gift from God, that you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down and many such things you do. See, the children of Israel had been living on the blessing of Joseph, but they had no reverence for God themselves. Thus, the promises of God for this people were of no effect because they were not real in their heart, but only living off the traditions of their fathers. See, the country that we live in, the United States of America, this nation was built on Christian principles. Men and women who loved the Lord so much that they left their families to come to this continent of North America to establish a Christian nation. Our forefathers built this nation by the blessing of God because they feared Him and by their desire to be pleasing to Him. We have lost this in our nation. We have lost the reverence of God in our nation. We want God to bless us, and when things aren't going our way, we want to curse God in this nation, just like the children of Israel. We have put a nameplate as a Christian nation, but we have forgotten the price that was paid for it. Just as God promised us great things, he promised the children of Israel many blessings and a land flowing with milk and honey, but they had turned their back on God. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 through 18 says this, Then the angel of the Lord called to him, Abraham, a second time out of heaven, and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and the sand which is in the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies." In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. See, the children of Israel were living off of the blessings and the promises of Abraham. Every promise in the Bible is conditional. And if the condition is not met, the promise is made of no effect. Not by, not by God's unfaithfulness, but it's by our own unfaithfulness that we make these promises of no effect. Because Abraham had obeyed and feared the Lord, he was blessed. But because of his ancestors had turned away from worshiping God, they lost the blessing. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even Joseph feared the Lord, the Lord blessed them as a nation. The Lord longed for another leader that would fear him so that he could move in the lives of his people once again. Thus, in Exodus chapter 2, Moses was born to a God-fearing family. 
And through a series of events, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. When Moses was an adult, he sees how Pharaoh is mistreating the children of Israel. And Moses remembers that he really is a Hebrew. Then he goes and tries to help uh, his Hebrew brothers and he ends up killing one of Pharaoh's guards and, and he has to flee for his life to the backside of the desert where he marries a shepherd's daughter and he becomes a shepherd himself. Have you found Exodus chapter 3 yet? <laughs> so, in Exodus chapter 3, we pick this thing up, and it's 40 years later. He's in the desert. He's tending his father-in-law's sheep, and God reveals himself to Moses. The Lord appeared to Moses in the flame of fire in the midst of a bush. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 through 4. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and beheld. The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Now look at this. Man, this is so good. Here you got Moses. He, he's not thought about the children of Israel for 40 years. He's, he's, he's left from his land. He's consumed. He's got his wife. He's got his children. He's serving his father-in-law. He's, he's become a shepherd. And, and just he's got this new life going on. And then all of a sudden, as he's out and he's looking for a lost sheep, he runs across this burning bush. And it wasn't until Moses turned aside to draw near to the Lord's presence in the bush that God did anything. See, once Moses saw, once God rather, once God saw that Moses left his intended course and set his agenda aside to draw near to God, then God revealed himself to Moses. Moses was looking for a lost sheep. He saw the burning bush. He could have kept on walking. But when he, when he drew near, he left his agenda. He left aside what he was doing to draw near to God. Then God moved. God said, Moses, take off your shoes for now you're standing on holy ground. Let me repeat this. Let me say this. This is so important. Not until we leave our agenda, we leave our plans, and we draw near to God. Not until then will God do something in us. James 4.8 says this, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God first and He will draw near to you. Who did the drawing first? Us. See, God saw that Moses gave reverence and awe to him and left his own agenda to see what the Lord had planned to do. And God gave Moses the plan to deliver the children of Israel from bondage. See, God needed a man full of faith and the fear of the Lord that would draw near to him, that he could send him to set his people free. Moses was such a man. He feared the Lord and followed his commands and let the children of Israel out of Egypt into a land of promise. Listen, I'm not trying to brag on me. This is not about me. This is about God. It's always been about God. But I remember when we started Teen Challenge in 2009, 
actually back in 2007 when my pastor came to me and we talked about opening the Teen Challenge in this area. And I started talking to people for two years and and people would say things like, so-and-so tried to start a teen challenge here uh, back in the 80s, and so-and-so tried to start a teen challenge here in the 90s, and nobody could get it off the ground, and nobody else wanted to put the work into it. And God was just looking for a person that would draw near to Him, a person full of faith and a person that feared the Lord. And I thank God that I was obedient to the call, that I set my agenda aside to follow after God. It was because of those things that I believe God allowed me to start this ministry in Gainesboro in a rented building with six beds. And today we're on a 49-acre campus with four buildings and 24 beds. And God has blessed this ministry richly. God is looking for a man or a woman that would draw near to him. Set your agenda aside and make your life all about God's agenda. Then... He will use us to draw others out of bondage to a land flowing with milk and honey. God is wanting a person that will walk in the fear of the Lord, a person that will walk circumspectly, a person that he would he can trust to do his bidding. Look what the Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and all his commandments which I commanded you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Listen, the Lord says, the Lord says to Moses, He says, Tell the children of Israel this. I will take them into the promised land. I will bless them. They will become a great nation. But they must fear me. They must obey my statutes and my commandments. If they will do these things, their sons and their grandsons will be blessed all the days of their life. So let me share with you quickly. Three areas that we can see right here. Three areas that God promises those who will fear Him. Three areas God promises for those who will fear Him. Number one, long life. He says that your days may be prolonged. Proverbs 19.23 says the fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Listen, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Not only does it lead to life, but but it will it will help us that we will not be visited by evil. We can have life and we can have it more abundantly, but we need to walk in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10:27 says the fear of the Lord prolongs days. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. Listen, if you're walking in the fear of the Lord, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, if you're obeying his commands and statutes, he promised us prolonged days. But if you're wicked and evil, he says that your years will be shortened. Proverbs 14, 27 says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn away one from the snares of death. Now, 
you hear that, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Everybody's looking for a fountain of youth. When I talk about long life, when I talk about prolonged life, everybody's starting to think, oh, well, I'm going to live to be 90 or I'm going to live to be 100. Well, maybe, maybe not. See, the Bible says in the New Testament, I was reading, reading this just the other day, God says, I have put eternity in your heart. I've put eternity in your heart. People always think when I say eternity, they, they want to think about heaven. They want to think a place that you got to die to get to. But he says, I've already placed eternity in your heart. So this is the deal. If the fear of the Lord leads to life, that life may not just be the life on this earth. That's long life with him in heaven. Eternity is in your heart. You don't have to necessarily die to get there. Start walking in it today. God wants to bless us, but we need to walk in a fear of the Lord. Not only does the fear of the Lord lead to long life, the fear of the Lord will lead to wisdom and knowledge. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. Job 28, 28. And says, To man, he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Man, I sit here and I think about this. I, I, I have no degree I'm working on my seminary degree right now, my master's, but but I have no degree from a college, uh, a big Bible college. I, I have no degree in engineering or, or in, in building. I'm not a licensed builder. I have no degree in business or finances. But I look around at this 49 acres. We're on our fifth building project. We've helped over 650 men and women to get into a residential program. We've helped thousands that have went through our non-residential program. We preach in, in over 40 churches every single year. God blesses this ministry financially, spiritually, physically. Not because of education, not because of a degree hanging on the wall, not because of, of letters after my name, but because God saw the fear and the reverence that I had for the things of God. He has given me wisdom and he's given me favor and he's given me knowledge so that I can get the things done that need to be done. Isaiah 33, 6 says, wisdom and knowledge will be at the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Listen, I'm not against education. I'm all for education. I love to read. I love to learn. I think you need to get a degree. I think you need to go to college. I think you need to, to be a student of the word. But the reality is this. If you do not have the fear of the Lord, that wisdom and that knowledge will not get you anywhere. But to walk in the fear of the Lord, God will advance you in every area of your life because the fear of the Lord is his treasure. If you fear the Lord, God will give you long and abundant life. If you fear the Lord, he will give you wisdom and knowledge beyond your means. And number three, if you fear the Lord, it is a weapon against sin. The fear of the Lord is a weapon against sin. Exodus 20, 20 says, And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Remember back when we talked about Joseph? 
And when Potiphar's wife was, was trying to seduce him, and Joseph said, I will not do this thing against my God. There was nobody else in the house. Nobody else would have known. Joseph could have, could have done that. Nobody else would have ever found out. But he said, God will know. And I will not commit this sin against God. When we have a fear of the Lord, when we understand that no matter who's around, if I'm the only one in the house, if I won't watch nasty television, if I won't listen to nasty radio, if I will not do things that are not pleasing to God, regardless of who sees them or not sees them, that makes all the difference. Listen, God is looking for a person that will live uprightly even when no one else is around, not just a Sunday morning Christian. The Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, when we're walking in a fear of the Lord, when we're, when we're giving a reverence to who God is, He says that we don't have to be afraid, that He will give us strength, and He will uphold his, uh, hold us in His righteous right hand. God will pick us up far above all the trials, all the tribulations, all the dysfunction of the world. God will bless you even in the midst of all that's going on if you will walk in a fear of the Lord. It's time for us to fear the Lord, to walk circumspectly, to make sure that everything we do in life is pleasing to God. God will bless you, but you got to be a blessing. You got to want to serve him. You got to want to do what is right in his sight. Father, I pray. I thank you for the opportunity to share this podcast. I pray that you bless each and every one. Lord, I pray that this word has touched somebody, that it's pierced their heart, that, that it will cause them to stop and reflect and to maybe turn from their wicked ways and, and begin to, to make you Lord of all of their life. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. There's areas in my life that I know I still got to work on. There's areas, Lord God, that I need to, I need to, I need to surrender and cast before the Lord and, and help you to break those things off. And I just pray for each and every one that's listening that they too will desire to be broken, to be shaped, to be formed, and to walk in the fear of the Lord so that you can bless them abundantly above all they ever thought or imagined. Lord, I thank you for these things. Be with each and every one and keep them safe and protected. Let no plague, no pestilence, no virus come near their dwelling. And Father, may every need be supplied according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Because it's in your precious name we ask and pray. Amen.